Now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hopalong John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes, chase trout, crappie, or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, good evening, San Diego and Southern California. Thank you, Mark Larson, and we want to welcome you all to Ron Real Radio. I am your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy, and we have, I believe, a really fun and informative show lined up for you tonight. Appreciate you all uh, dialing on in. I hope you're in a place where it's cool, you got your favorite beverage, maybe your feet up, and get ready for two really fun hours of radio. Hey, we got a great uh, list of guests tonight. We're going to be talking, first of all, right off the start with uh, Steve from Ramona. Steve is just an everyday fisherman like you and I, but he had a chance to go down to Cedrus Island with Cedrus Outdoor Adventures. He's going to talk a little bit about that experience, just as an a regular putz fisherman like you and I, what he ran into down there. So we look forward to speaking to Steve. Then at 6 o'clock, the sea samurai himself, Kevin Nakata, is going to be with us. Kevin's going to talk about offshore kayak fishing and some of the things that have been happening that have been unusual this year, especially the situation with running into so many sharks. So Kevin will be with us at 6 o'clock. And then at about 6.40, Ray Summers captain of the vendetta he just came back with a load of fish he's going to be with us and the reason why we can have him on is he got in early because they're just catching limits of fish out there so we're going to have a chance to talk to captain ray summers but before we talk to steve let me introduce to you the co-host of ron real radio she is the national sales manager for iserlane and a rep for many other fine products in the fishing industry. Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how you doing tonight, ma'am? I'm doing great, John. How are you doing tonight? Hey, it is great. It's been a fantastic uh, week, not only here in the store, but uh, with my uh, uh, my uh, daughter presented, Vicky and I, with new twins a couple of weeks ago. We're enjoying seeing them uh, right now. It is good, but... The fishing is just great everywhere, and I hope uh, you're going to be in an area to fish uh, in just the next couple of days. I hear that, Wendy. Oh, yeah, and you know the water temperature is really warm. I've got reports all the way up to 80-degree water from 71 to 80. So who knows? Maybe we'll be one of the lucky ones to get one of those big wahoo that are lurking out there, and uh, we'll see what happens. Oh, that'll be great. Hey, let's get on, though, with our first guest. 
You know, you hear a lot about fishermen going down to some of these exotic islands off the coast of Baja. One of them is Cedros Island. There's a couple of ways to do it. You can do it on a long-range trip, spend about 40 hours at least to get down there, 40 hours to get back. Or you can go with one of the guides like Cedros Outdoor Adventures, fly on there, have a trip. And we just happened to have a fellow. He came into the shop during the week. He was telling me about the trip that he made down to Cedros Island. I thought I'd bring him on because... He's just an everyday fisherman like us that signed up, went down there, and he's going to share some of his experiences with us. Let me introduce you all to Steve from Ramona. And, Steve, thank you for being with us. Hi, John. Hey, it is great to have you. Wendy Toshihara is also with us tonight. But, Steve, talk a little bit about your experiences in fishing Cedrus Island before you actually had a trip a chance to go down there and fish off the island itself? Well, I fished long range for maybe 15 years, and it seems like almost every trip we would stop at Cedros and catch a lot of yellowtail and some bass and some other fish, and I just I thought it would be neat someday to go uh, fish off the island, and I got the chance to do it this year, and it was a really neat experience. I had a great time. So you know you've been uh, you've stopped there many times when fishing long range trips, yeah. and you uh, you know kind of thought to yourself, hey, it would be neat maybe to start off at the island and maybe fish from the island, and you finally had the opportunity to do that. Tell us how that came about. Had the opportunity. Um, I, I'd seen uh, the guys at the Fred Hall show before, and. Talked to a buddy of mine, and he was planning to go down there. We, we got a group of, I think there was nine of us, and we had pretty much had to lodge to ourselves and um, plan the trip, and it was, it was, re- it was very smooth. We, we met at the border. Everything was on time. Left our car in a locked uh, parking lot, took a van all the way to um, Ensenada, uh, took a plane, and we were fishing, I think, at 2 o'clock, 2.30. We were fishing Yellowtail. Uh, the, the day we left, it was very nice. Got there on a Monday and fished Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and had, had a super time. Uh, something, in fact, where I talked to one of my buddies today, and he's actually planning another trip down there. He, he, was, he was going, we got to go again. That was so much fun. And we caught a lot of fish. Did very, very well. Um, a couple people, um, me included, had our... Um, our biggest yellowtail ever. One day, one day we targeted the uh, home guard yellowtail. I got one that was close to 50 pounds. A friend of mine, Randy, uh, he got one that was about 60, and his wife got one that was 62 pounds. Just spectacular um, fishing for yellowtail. Uh, very, very good. Had a great time. Wow. Now, uh, going on down there, you got there, uh, the plane lands at about 11 o'clock. You're greeted by, I presume, presume you were uh, greeted uh, by Jose from uh, uh, Cedros Outdoor Adventures, and he took you to the yeah. Baja Magic Lodge. What What did you think about the lodge? You know, it was it was a, a very good experience. They met us at the airport, grabbed all of our our gear, put it on the truck, got in the truck, and it was maybe a ten fifteen minute ride at the most um, in the truck to the lodge. The lodge was very nice. It was uh, two story, and I, I had an upstairs room. A million-dollar view with a balcony right on a little bay. Um, the, the accommodations were great. Had um, two people to a room. Um, the weather was, I think, the hottest day was 72, and the coldest night was 68. It was just spectacular weather, and 
the lodge. The food was great. Um, I have some food allergies, and they accommodated me very, very well. Had had no issues and more than enough food. I think I had probably gained a pound or two. I shouldn't have, but <laughs> the food was very, very good. And the lodge was great. Um, was it was. Uh, it was a, a lot nicer. It looked nice on the Internet, but it was a lot on the website, but it was a lot nicer when you got there. Very you, nice. You know, you were talking about uh, you had to make some special provisions because of uh, dietary restrictions you had. Uh, is that something you arranged with them just ahead of time? So yeah. by the time you, you got there, they knew all about it, and there, there was no hassle, no problem? Nope. They, we set it up ahead of time, and it worked perfect. Um, we had two people in our group that had uh, dietary issues, and they took care of both of us. Uh, it was it was very very nice. Um, the food, you know, you have breakfast every morning before you get on. The, you know, breakfast is I think is about five fifteen, five thirty. You get on the boat at six, and you can stay out fishing until six o'clock at night if you want. Uh, Twelve hours in the boat. You have two to three people per ponga. Um, captains were pretty good. They they knew the island. Um, and they put us on fish pretty much uh, all day long. It was, uh, it was very good. One, you know, one that's one we... of the great things. That's one of the great things about going to Cedros is that when anywhere else you get a ponga, you maybe fish until noon, and then they take their siesta. You get a fish for 12 straight hours if you want, and you can come in early, have lunch back at back at the hotel or and go back out later if you feel like it so that's yeah, one, one, one great one day we had we had i think we had limits almost every day except for the day we were looking for the big fish and we were trying to get you know everybody's personal best and we i did come in one day because i had my limit by, by 10 o'clock and then we went and got some bass and i think by one i came in and took a nap it was great <laughs> <laughs> hey steve how about bringing your gear down there because i know they fly down there and smaller Cessnas, and then you know you're you know you're hauling your gear from one vehicle to another to the lodge. Uh, how tough was that to do? Well, to be honest with you, I don't think I hauled my gear. Somebody picked it up for me the whole way. They put it on the plane. They took it off the plane. They brought it to the lodge. Um, if you didn't want to have to tie a hook, you didn't have to tie a hook. They would take care of everything. When we finished fishing each day. They brought our poles to the front of the lodge. They washed them down with fresh water. Uh, they, the rods and reels were washed every day. Then they took them up top, and you just left them outside your room um, on the balcony, and you tied hooks and got them ready for the next day. It, it, was, it was very. I didn't expect that. That was very nice. Um, you don't have to touch. If you didn't want to put bait on your hook, they would bait the hook and throw it out for you. And they, they're they're pretty good. You know, now, what about was, fish cleaning? They clean the fish. They um, vacuum-packed it and froze the fish. The nine of us brought back over 50 pounds each, and it was, it's, it's very good quality. We've had it a few times, and it was very good. They did a good job of taking care of the fish. We're, we're, we were very, very impressed with them. You know, Woody, just, uh, what they do is, uh, to provision the lodge, uh, the fishermen take home the fish in these big freezer packs and uh, uh, they are frozen and, and stay with the fishermen all, all the way down to they get to their vehicles at the border. Normally they ask the fishermen to bring ice chests with them so they can take the fish uh, and put it in those ice chests. And then whoever it is that's shuttling them back and forth goes back into Ensenada. They provision up at Costco and get everything they need or any of the stores to, to buy what they need. And then they make it on back over to the lodge and it's that 
recycling that keeps the lodge provisioned and then also keeps uh, great fish going out to the fishermen. Yeah, my fish was frozen solid when I got it home. I have three fe- uh, three freezers at home. I do a lot of fishing, and uh, I just added it to the fish I had in there, and it was very nice. It was they do they do a very good job. I, I plan to go back. Now, Steve, uh, everybody in our group wanted to go back. What uh, about what day on the calendar were you there? We were there on the dark of the moon in August, which I think was maybe the fourteenth, thirteenth, something like that. We went on a Monday. Um, Came back on a Friday, and the fishing was great. Uh, my friend Joe, who set the whole trip up, planned it a year in advance. And, in fact, he's planning another trip right now. And um, it, w- it was great. We had a good time, caught a lot of fish. We, we had one experience. We were maybe a quarter mile outside the harbor, and I was, it was two of us on the pongo, Joe, Joe and I, and we came across a school of yellowtail that were just hammering a, a bait ball, it was like we were in a National Geographic special. There were so many yellowtail, <laughs> and we, we, we threw into it, and both of us hooked up, and it was, I've never seen anything like that with all my years of fishing. It was just spectacular. And I think we each pulled in maybe a 25, 30-pound yellowtail. It was great. And it now, lasted about five minutes, and they just devoured this bait ball, and all that was left on the surface was scales, just scales everywhere. It was pretty neat. That was, that was, the, that was one of the best experiences we had. You know, we had heard that the fishing down there had kind of died out because of the warm water and all the fish are, are being pushed up to the north here and are off our Southern California coast, and the fishing had died out there. What, Even in August, what range of fish did you have available for you to catch there? We caught all the yellowtail we wanted, um, lots of calicos. Um, one, of, one of the guys in the group caught a nice white sea bass. We had a free diver with us, and he was telling us everything he was seeing down there. And he, he couldn't get any yelltail, but he got um, sheep's head, lots of calicos, and he said there was a lot of big yellowtail. He couldn't get close enough to get the yelltail, but he said there was a lot of big ones that he was seeing. Um, and that's pretty much what we targeted was calicos, because we ate a lot of calicos when we were there. Um, the, like one night they made us sashimi, yellowtail and calico bass, and it was spectacular. It wow. was um, very nice. The food is great. Any, Every night, can't get any fresher than that. No, I mean, we, you, you catch it and you're eating it that day. It was pretty nice. Um, you know, fresh, fresh tortillas every night with dinner, no matter what you were having. Um, they pack your lunch every day and plenty of water. Um, they have fresh water on the island. I think they have a wells. Um, you don't drink the water, but they have lots of bottled water and um, plenty of drinks, whatever you want, and. It was very good. I, like I said, we would we would all go back again. It was very very nice. You know, as a side note, Cedrus Island is the only island off the uh, coast of Baja that has an artesian well in it, and oh, okay. the uh, water starts from the mountains on the Baja Peninsula and goes through underneath the ocean and comes out there to at Cedrus Island and. That's where their source of fresh water is, and that's why there's been humor and habitation on that island. I think they can go back as far as uh, 12,000 years, so wow. really an unusual situation. Just uh, one more thing, the, 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 um, the pongas you were fishing off of, uh, good quality, uh, uh, got were, you around okay? They were spectacular, because most of the time it seemed like we were fishing on the, the lee of the island, and... Not many waves, and, well, you could cover ground. We'd, we'd be fishing for calicos and get a call on the radio, hey, they're, they're hitting yellowtails up at the other end, and it'd take you 20 minutes, and you'd be going 
probably 15, 20, maybe 25 knots, just zip around the island, and it was very smooth, uh, very nice. Um, you know, it was, it, was, it was very good. The pongos were very nice. Um, I, I did get um, beat up because of sitting on there and with your leg, you know, your legs get a workout on the ponga because you're real <laughs> close to water. And it, my legs were tired for a couple of days when I got home from being on the water all that time. You know, other, you, other than that, it was pretty good. I know you think you don't get enough fishing in, and I've got to tell you, at the end of the day, by the time you get back, you you clean up a little bit, you have something to eat. It's only maybe about eight or eight thirty, and man, you are beat. You've had a full day. I was asleep every night before nine. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was I was out. I'd eat dinner, get my gear ready, lie down, and it was time to get up and go fishing again. It was it was great. Well, Steve from Ramona, uh, I want to thank you for relating that experience. Just outdoor adventures. Uh, I think yours is very typical of what happens to most of the guests out there that stay with uh, Melanie and Jose. And I want to thank you for giving up some of your Sunday night to be with us. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. All right. We look forward to seeing you in the shop maybe in the next couple of weeks, Steve. All right. Thanks, John. Bye-bye. Right. Hey, if you want to check out, too, uh, uh, going on an adventure like Steve was talking about, call Cedrus Outdoor Adventures at 619 793 5419. They had a bunch of specials going that if you signed up for next year or for later on this year, so you're just going to have to talk to them, see if those specials are still going. Say hello to Melanie or Jose. Tell them Rod and Real Radio sent you. And Steve, again, glad you had a great time. I look forward to being down there, hopefully, before the end of this season. Hey, that's it for the first segment of Rod and Real Radio. Wendy and I will be back after these messages. can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. 
H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone-crushing drag, quantum fishing. We are performance-tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. Radio. And now it's time for the voice of PFL Radio. Man, he's got all the skinny that we need to know. What the heck is Phil thinking? Here's Phil Friedman. Phil, welcome to the show, guy. Hey, John. It's great to be with you. And it's also very, very nice of you to use the word skinny when you're using my name. Not very often that you hear those two things together. You know, you're, you're not nearly the man that you were last year. So congratulations. I know it's a losing battle for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, and by the way, John, I want to say hi to all the people we met. I was out at the uh, a celebration for Mexican independence in East L.A. They have a huge parade out there. This was like the 80th year, and I was in the parade with the Programa Paisano and met so many great people, and a bunch of people came out to get some free fishing passes from us. So had just a wonderful time, and I wanted to, I know a lot of people listen to your show from there. And I just wanted to say thank you to all of them. I really, really had a great time. Well, you know, Phil, I, you know, I just marvels at me that you have taken and you've you've taken the show that you've had and you've molded it 
to the uh, Mexican-American community and how they have responded. And they're finding out, uh, maybe a lot of them for the first time, what a great resource, a recreational resource they have in sports fishing out here. And thanks to you and all your gang, man, you are bringing people on those boats that have never been there before, and they're enjoying the heck out of it. Oh, John, you know, I'm, I'm like in a wonderland at times. I'm sitting there, and I'm pretty much the only gringo in the parade. <laughs> and I'm looking around, and I'm thinking to myself, how did this all happen? But it not only happened, but the people that I have been able to meet have been so gracious, and as you know, I spent time in Mexico and Central America living in both of those zones, and it's it just been a dream come true, and you're so right. I mean, uh, the Mexican community is so family-oriented, and they love getting out into the great outdoors, so it's really one of those things that people are saying, well, why didn't somebody do this before, and how I lucked into it, I'm not sure, but I'm sure enjoying it, and Joaquin Espinosa, my co-host, and all the people from the Programa Paisano, the director at the Mexican Council, Alejandra Cano and Claudia Fernandez and Memo Calderon. They're such great people and such a joy to work with. Great, Phil. Well, hey, let's talk a little bit about what is happening off our Southern California coast because, you know, we keep on marveling about it every weekend when we talk about it. And we use, I'm running out of superlatives to talk about just the quality of fishing that we're seeing right now. Me too, John. I mean, and as you say, every single week we get thrown a new curve, and that new curve came up here in the northern region, up near Santa Barbara Island, where there has been phenomenal bluefin tuna fishing this week, as good as you could possibly want it, and mixed with it, some giant yellowtail, some big yellowfin tuna, and so far up north that it's just mind-boggling. But of course, all that fish is traveling with these warm water currents that we have up here right now, and the freedom, to give you an example, today was this third day of limits of bluefin tuna in a row limits of bluefin on the freedom again six yellowfin tuna eight yellowtail to go along with that and on some of these days they've not only had limits of the bluefin but they've had 80 90 of these big yellowtail the yellows are eating the yo-yo iron and so it's just really really fun the aztec as a matter of fact made a right hand turn on a two-day trip and came up here and he just called in with limits of bluefin tuna 25 to 40 pounders over on the Freedom, Jeff said that's what he had, that grade of fish, but he had a couple that he thought were perhaps maybe 48 pounds, 50 pounds, just really big, beautiful bluefin tuna, and they're getting limits, which is two fish per rod right now. You can hardly beat that. The Tornado and Thunderbird today, just a couple of more boats that I could talk about up in that region, they kind of had something in common. They had novice anglers on board, rent rod charters, and, man, those poor people got torn up. They ended up, uh, last time I checked with the guys on the tour, with about a dozen bluefin and a dozen uh, big yellowtail. But it was tough for novice anglers to hang on to these fish. They're so big. The, the Thunderbird decided, you know, th- these fish are a little too big. He slid into Catalina Island and picked up 81 smaller grade yellowtail, and everybody was happy. So really, as you say, John, this thing just keeps going on. You look at San Diego, they make a left-hand turn, and... While the fish are smaller down there, not the drotter. Drotter are beautiful. The yellowfin, for the most part, are smaller. There are times when you can look in the water, if you find that right cow patty, and you'll see a hundred of these yellowfin buzzing all around, swimming like crazy, coming out of the water, eating bait, and you can watch them come to the surface and eat your bait. It's just really fun fishing when you find that right cow patty. Out toward Cortez and Tanner Bank, those are our fall 
the, the fall is when those banks take off and they're really, really good. And, you know, I don't know how they can really compete with what's going on, but I do know that some of the long range boys have been out that way and they've had phenomenal yellowfin tuna fishing out there. Boats like the Royal Polaris have been out in that neck of the woods and then they've dropped in and caught some bluefin also. So that looks awfully good out there. Oceanside 95, 15 guys limits a Dorado 44. Yellowfin to the 16, Yellowtail 4, Skipjack, hard to beat that. And then we look at Catalina Island, and at Catalina, they have had as many as 200-plus Yellowtail on some of the boats this wow. week. The pursuit in particular, small, small-grade Yellows when they're getting those kind of numbers. And a couple of those guys today, the pursuit and the sport team decided, we're going to try to focus on an area where we're catching more of the bigger Yellows. And last time I talked to the pursuit, Woodrum was up there around 50 Yellows and on board the Sport King, 32 yellows, but now we're talking 15 to 25-pound stuff. Really, really great. Long Beach, San Pedro area, Horseshoe Kelp, 105, 150, that zone. Out there, that has slacked way off a ton of Bonita, but a little bit more difficult on the bigger grade yellowtail. And some small yellows have moved in there. Santa Monica Bay has been flashed with some great yellowtail fishing at times, and then a little bit slower the last couple of days, maybe a weekend boat pressure thing. Aloha Spirit, Cisco Sport Fishing Oxnard. 22 guys with 21 nice big yellows today. Sean Stewart all over the big yellows. And then they have 170 rockfish, 10 calicos, a bonita, and a lingcot. How can you beat that? And yellows pushing up to Santa Barbara, the Stardust 31 guys. 27 nice big yellows today. John, as you say, you just don't know what to expect. Every day is different. Every week brings something new. There's been wahoo swimming around still. It's incredible, incredible fishing. And Mike Reba and his son, they're off Oceanside yesterday. The young man got to battle a marlin. They got a nice striper up to the boat before they were able to release that. So all kinds of crazy stuff. Who knows what tomorrow will bring? Oh, and, and, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, fish that we, you know, don't normally see up here with the Dorado and yellowfin tuna and, and the wahoo coming up. But there are other exotics coming on up here that, you know, that we very seldom see that uh, we're getting a good crack on. You know, there's been almost a, a world record uh, 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 opa called up uh, up here. Uh, there's been the short-billed uh, uh, swordfish. I mean, there's some incredible catches out here that, that people are kind of catching as incidental fish. No question, John. Short-billed spearfish, as you said, and also opas, and, you know, there's been some blue marlin around, of course, we talked about the gentleman, Joel Smith, who speared that blue marlin last week, and there's been some reports of whale sharks around. Really crazy stuff, as you say, and uh, I don't know when it all ends. It's really warm, the water, right now. It seems to be getting warmer and warmer and warmer, and things just uh, are so volatile and so fluid, and this fish continues to push up north and further up north, and we're seeing fish even past Santa Barbara. Really great stuff, and... Uh, I'll tell you, it's just a great time to be alive. If you're a fisherman, it's like fishing back in the 1930s or something. The good old days are right now. No question about that. Hey, uh, Phil, if you will, explain to us a little bit about the limits because, you know, you talk about, well, you know, they're getting little bits of bluefin, and then you talk about a boat where they only have 12 or 14 or 16, and, and how do those limits of bluefin, how do they mix in with the limits of yellowtail and uh, yellowfin that uh, the fishermen are catching? Well, in U.S. waters, you're allowed to take two Dorado and two a bluefin tuna, five 
Is it five yellowfin? Now I'm going to get all screwed up. I think it's ten yellowfin tuna still. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's I, still ten. I think and then so. on the other side of the down in Mexico, uh, no bluefin tuna still, two dorado, and five yellowfin tuna. That's where I'm a little confused. So, yeah, you do want to get up to speed on all of that. And, of course, if you're going to cross the line and go into Mexico, you want to make sure you're obeying those laws for sure and make sure you have that all down. And uh, yellowtail, that's another one, uh, 10 yellows per uh, angler. Five of those have to be over 28 inches, I think it is, or 26 inches. i got to get my, my book out, John, I'll yeah. tell you. Well, you know, the, <laughs> the deal is is that you want to watch out. You want to take just what you're going to use. You don't want to go over the limits. But now we're getting so that they're they're making the limits, you know, kind of confusing that you you just have to make sure that before you get on the boat, that, you know, you're reading on the same page as the skipper and the deckhands, and everyone knows just exactly what the limits are because there's definitely a bounty out there right now. Absolutely. No question about it. And I'm with you. Take what you can use. I'm to the point now where I don't even freeze fish too much anymore. I just like to have it fresh. So I take what I can use uh, that way, and then it gives me an opportunity or it induces me to go fishing again, which is what this is all about. I mean... The more you like fresh fish, the more you're going to go fishing. And, God, what a great year it has been. And listening to a lot of the stories I heard from fishermen out at the parade today, and I've been listening to from so many people. There's so many father and son experiences that are going on, father and daughter experience, mother and daughter experiences, family experiences. It's just a great time to be alive. And it just shows what a great sport this is and how great it is to get the family out away from all the cell phones. Oh, man. Hey, well, one of the things we want to talk about, Wendy, are you still there? I am. Yeah, one of the things we want to talk about is, you know, we talked a lot about a bait situation, and there is now, you know, plentiful bait at the bait barge, but a lot of times you're going to come on up, and it's anchovies. So you've got to right. learn learn how to uh, fish the anchovy. because You know, yeah. you're absolutely right, because there are a lot of people that haven't been around or haven't fished that long and remember us having anchovies right and you know what you have to do sometimes if you have a spinning rig with you you got to bring your spinning rig you have to go down and line test you got to go down in and also the size of your hooks when we're talking about the sardines we've been using uh, we've been using two-aught three-aught either j-hooks or uh, nautilus hooks circle hooks whatever it is but with those anchovies you're not going to be able to do that you're going to have to go down to a maybe a number one, a number two, or a number four hook. And you're going to have to be able to get it away from the boat a little bit. So either use a real light spinning gear, or what you can do is you can use one of the rubber core sinkers to put on your line, or Carolina Keeper with an egg sinker above it. Something where you can get that uh, anchovy out there and give yourself half a chance uh, to catch them. So don't worry about it. And we had Steve Carson on there, too, and he he was telling us about uh, a method of uh, chunking that I hadn't heard about before, and it was called tater chip chunking. And that was where uh, instead of cutting a, a, your anchovy or your sardine or your mackerel into, you know, two, three, or four pieces, that what you do is you slice them really wafer thin, and you chunk with those wafer thin pieces and just kind of let them kind of float out here and there. And then you take one of those wafer-thin pieces and you attach it to that hook and you make that as part of the mix and start holding on with both hands because 
you're about ready to get bit. Uh, Jr. Did we uh, did we get uh, uh, Phil back? Oh, okay. Well, Wendy. Well, you know, one of the things that I do is I'll fillet the bait and stick the fillet on my hook. Oh. Yeah, well, and, and, and and you know that way I have a little bit bigger of a piece, and it kind of floats and flutters, you know, a little slower. It sinks a little slower. Well, when you fillet it, the Wendy, you get. You know, you get sort of like towards the tail end, you get a little tapered end, and then up towards the head, you get a fatter end. How do you hook that up? I hook it up on the fatter end. Okay. I just want one time, just right through it. Okay, and you just let it kind of float out there in, 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 the, uh, in the drift, and the next thing you know, you've got a fish on. That's right. Well, I tell you, I hope you don't have to do that because you've got a trip coming up here uh, just in a couple of days that I know you're looking forward to. I'm looking forward to it, and I am being set up by uh, Frank from Daiwa, and he's going to give me a Saltiga combo spinning reel. So I'll be able to use a spinning reel, and I'm going to bring some poppers and hopefully have some fun because Ron Colby from Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait is going to come out fishing for tuna with me. Yeah, hey, uh, you know what? And I bet you if Ron brings out some of those Yamamoto poppers, even though they're a little smaller than some of the poppers that they've been using, I bet you you can get bit on those. They're really good. And, man, will that be a lot of fun. It'll be a blast. <laughs> All right. Hey, it's time to take a break right now. We want to thank Phil Friedman for being with us. Check Phil Friedman out on Facebook or go to uh, uh, pflradio.com and check out all the broadcasts that he has and his latest updates and blogs. Hey, Wendy and I, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, it's going to be the Southern California Inshore Report with Captain James Nelson. Stay tuned. Still a lot more Rod and Reel Radio to come. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. My Angler H2O. I will scent my lure with pride. And hope my boss doesn't notice the tan. 
I will outmaneuver drought-exposed sunken boats and outlast the hard-fighting largemouth bass. I will save water at home for better fishing out here and always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockleys at your local fishing tackle dealer. And Southern California, we do want to welcome you back to our Rod and Reel Radio. My co-host, Wendy Toshahara, is with me tonight. Always great to have her. And now it's time for the Southern California Inshore Report with Captain James Nelson. This, re- this report is brought to you by the Rockleys Fish Release System. Now you can take your fish and release them back to the depths that they came from with this easy-to-use device. Look for the Rockleys Fish Release System at all the tackle stores around Southern California, or you can go to anglersarsenal.com, and you can buy it right off the uh, site there. So without further ado, Captain James, it's Sunday, and it's time for another report from the Fish Icon. How you doing, sir? Well, I'm doing great, John. I'll tell you, it's it's fun. Hey, uh, I hear uh, you're old enough to buy beer now. Yeah. Hey, isn't that great? <laughs> not, not only well, that, I found day, my, my first gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, James. Before we get on to your report, you had the uh, 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 you had the opportunity to be just right down the street from us here in La Mesa, and you were there for kind of a special event. What was happening over there? Yeah, it was. I had a, a, a couple buddies of mine were uh, rocking it out over there at the brewery. Guys playing a blues band. They call themselves the Dependables. It's uh, got got a pretty cool uh, little all star cast. If you know anything about local blues guys, you got uh, you got of course Bob. You got uh, Lumpy Lumry there, and uh, good old Harmonica John Fraser. Man, those guys they were they were jamming. Well, you know. Uh... For a lot of people that are familiar with where we are, or even if you don't know where we aren't, we're in a little industrial area that's probably been here forever, uh, just to the east of I-8 off of Spring Street. And it turns out that before we had nothing, and here within the past couple of years, now we've got two breweries and a winery. They're all located within stone's throw of us. And the newest brewery, the Helix Brewery that opened up, Boy, they offer a great venue where you have all outdoor uh, seating, beautiful this time of the year, and live entertainment. And it sounded like those guys had a great time over there. I passed by there, and I I couldn't believe the crowd, the traffic, the parking, and everything like that. It almost looked like a, a Sunday at the Charger game. Yeah, you know, it was crazy. I almost, I almost parked at the shop and walked over from there, but I was afraid I wouldn't get out of the shop. <laughs> Or or it would cost me if I did. So, uh, <laughs> hey, well, Captain James, you know we've been talking about the offshore fishing, just how phenomenal it's been. Uh, uh, tell us what have you been experiencing over the past week when it comes to our inshore and local uh, uh, kelp fishing? Bonita, 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 John. Yeah. Uh, you know, just follow the birds. Look at the boils. I mean, the water is just erupting like crazy. Our mornings, we're having just super greasy, slick, calm waters, which is great for the guys who want to run out and do some paddy hopping. I mean, you couldn't ask for better water. You've got maybe three-foot swells at the most, but 
15 seconds apart. So it's just, it looks like super calm water, and it's just letting you run as much as you want. Or stay local because there's plenty of fish there, and you can see them because they're just erupting the water, and you run over there, you throw your favorite little lure or bait on them, and whammo, you're on fish. And it's just, it was a blast. Boy, you know, you know, part of the experience of going out with you, Captain James, is obviously catching the fish and going after them. But is there anything in the world that beats the early summer morning when you just get on the water and that bay is mirror calm and you look up to the east and the, and the colors that are in the sky from a lot of this tropical moisture that is going overhead? I mean... It's just something that you want to savor because it, you don't get very many days where it's just exactly like that. Oh, absolutely, John. It's just been wonderful. You know, the whole uh, the running joke here is that our weathermen have one phrase, and that's night, morning, low clouds, followed by afternoon clearing. Now let's go to sports. But, <laughs> you know, that hasn't been the case. I mean, what clouds we have had have been really nice and high and, you know, kept things a lot really balmy and then like you said the sunrises and the sunsets are just i mean if you like pinks oranges and, and blues mixed in i mean it's it's wonderful if you don't uh, you know stay in cycle bowling or something but it's just it's beautiful out there well let's talk about you know fishing in our bays you know because we are having warm weather we're having warm nights the clouds that we have overhead are you know keeping the heat in so that we're not getting as cool in the evening the back bay is is heating up. I've heard of 82 to 83-degree water back there. If you're going to fish in the back bay, uh, is that warm water affecting the fishing? And if so, how should you adjust? Oh, it's absolutely affecting the fishing. And, you know, what it's, what it's done is it's pushed a lot of the bait fish deeper. And so we're still catching spotties 30, 35 feet deep, which normally, you know, they're at that depth mostly to spawn. Um, and that's pretty much over, but they're still out there right now because that's where the food is. So, uh, you know, on days where, actually, it's kind of funny, on days where you have the less amount of tide, the better, because your best bet is to fish as small uh, as a lead head as you can get away with, and when the tide's ripping, it's hard to do that. But we're fishing real small quarter-ounce lead heads with real small grubs. It's really matching the hatch out there, and when you can... Uh, Get away with that on the days where the current's not moving more than a mile per hour. It's actually almost slack. You could just drop those little swim baits and grubs down on those fish and really just yank them up, and you could catch catch as many as you're, you're willing to drop down on. But it's not the normal chuck and wine in the shallows that we're used to this time of year. How about uh, as you get more towards the mouth of the bay where you get a little more water movement, uh, uh, the water is warmer there, but I've, I've got a feeling if you're fishing 35, 40 feet of water, that water temperature has got to be pretty much the same all year round. Yeah, you know, it, it, especially with current rolling in, it, it rolls in on the bottom uh, like that from, from when it comes out from the ocean. You know, the, for, for folks who, who aren't as familiar with San Diego Bay, those of us who are born and raised here and live on it, we know that... It, it does have a dead end to it, unlike a lot of harbors up and down the coast, so that you get in the back bay, and again, it just holds that water, that real high water temps, especially right now with the what we've got going on with El Nino or whatever they want to call it. But yeah, in the mouth of the bay area, we are getting a little bit cooler water, and it 
flushes in and out a lot faster, so it stays a little cooler. But what's with that, we're also still getting a lot of bait pushed in, and the critters that like to, to follow. I mean, even the bonita that we're getting, we're getting some bonita just right outside Zuniga, in between Zuniga and Ralph's. So if you follow the bird activity, uh, there's even some of some guys are out there catching barracuda and uh, even yellowfin croaker. Big schools of chunky yellowfin croaker right around the jetty. So, you know, there's a lot of fish out there to be had that are in areas where we normally don't catch them. <laughs> wow. Now, you know, uh, we've seen our water heat up, and a lot of times when the water heats up, it means that we, we kind of have a die-off of the kelp, and not only do you fa- find less kelp, you find a lot more floating kelps that uh, are off the immediate coast. Is that something that you've seen happening already or happening yet, or is it not happening at all, Jim? Oh, there's, there's a lot of dead kelp out there, that's for sure. We've uh, done some uh, paddy hopping trips. You know, there's, uh, I'd say there's too much kelp in a way because typically if you got a little bit of kelp out there, you're going to find life on it. Right now, uh, there's, we're hitting 10, 12 kelp sometimes before we're finding one that's loaded with fish. And when I say loaded with fish, I mean more than just 9-inch yellowtail because there's plenty of kelp loaded with that. So our future looks bright, John. <laughs> it looks really bright. I mean, as long as those guys get a little bit bigger, it's going to be great. But uh, as far as finding that right kelp, you find that magic seaweed. We had one last week, and uh, it was just nothing but drift up to that and just keep drifting it. We stayed on that one all day long, got Dorado, got Yellowtail, uh, even got Skipjack off of it. So, I mean, there's just got to find the magic one. So it's just a matter of being persistent. Don't spend... Uh... Uh, too much time on, on one kelp. If, if it's dry, go to the next one, go to the next one. And, uh, you know, just increase your chances of uh, finding the honey hole. Absolutely. You know, some guys can have patience on some of those kelp and just, you know, keep chumming and drifting, and, and they'll pull up tuna that way. But uh, if you want that instant gratification that so many of us uh, get nowadays with our Internet and TV and whatnot, you know, it's better just to... Just keep running the kelp and find those Dorado and Yellowtail and just have fun with them. And then if you want to do the longer drifts for tuna, go ahead. But And that, that's kind of my MO. I, I, I want to get on the fish right away and get them going. But, again, you know, if you're in an area with a bunch of kelp and you're seeing life on that kelp but you're not getting bit one to two drifts, start drifting away in a way. If you got time and just want to relax and see if you can chum up some tuna, that's working too. So don't give up. Unless that's really what you want to do. If you just want to get out there and get those Dorado and, and those uh, Yellowtail, just keep moving because you'll find that magic seaweed that's just loaded with them. Well, when you, you happen to mention the, the magic word, and that's chum. When it, it comes to your situation, uh, uh, Jim, how are you chumming out there? Well, I keep my bait. I keep all my leftover baits, you know, and it's really good to do this time of year anyway because you never know what the bait barges, you know, with the Traffic is slowing down a little bit, definitely during the weekdays now that school's back, but it's it's still, it's tough for them to keep up with, with the load of, of guys going out there and get a scoop, scoop and a half of bait every time. So uh, be patient with those guys. They're doing the best they can, but if you got bait left over and you know you're going to go out soon, freeze it. That's what I do, and that's what I go out there, John. I've got 10 pounds of frozen bait with me and, and at the end of the day that's not coming back i may have leftover of the live stuff but by the end of the day that bag is empty because we're just chumming like crazy 
And uh, that's something you can't do around the kelp beds, of course. You'll just get more sea lions than you want. But when you're out there paddy hopping and drifting the, the deep banks and the cuts, you know, that's, that's a great thing to do. Right. And you said there's a lot of bonita out there. Uh, uh, obviously, you're catching uh, uh, bonita on, on bait or chunking. But what are some of the other methods that you're using to catch some of these bonita? Because some of the pictures I've seen at uh, James Nelson on Facebook are just really quality fish. We are. We're, we're getting a lot of the, the two-pounders, two- and three-pounders, which, you know, we don't take a lot of pictures of. But the impressive ones, John, are the five- to eight-pounders that we're getting. And you never know which school you're going to get those out of because the water looks the same. It's, you know, the two-pounders erupt the water the same as the eight-pounders. And you just throw out there and, you know, nothing wrong with getting lucky. But... uh the best method that we found for catching all of them, doesn't matter what size, uh, bait is good, but it's also slow. So what we found is the fastest way to just get on and get those fish going is uh, spoons. And we just leave the motor running. We run. We'll go up to a, a school that's breaking the surface, throw some uh, mega baits out there, throw, uh, I've got some purple herrings. We throw those little spro hair jigs, the bucktails. We'll throw whatever. Just get something on those fish, get it moving and uh, catch a few, and then high-five, let them go, or bag them, whatever you want to do, and then follow the next next spot where they start erupting because they're pushing that bait around, and there's a bunch of bait in the water. These, these fish are just macking on them like you wouldn't believe. You know, uh, Wendy said a lot of times when uh, the bait's dead or, uh, you know, one of the ways to liven up is to take a little fillet uh, and, and to throw that out. Do, do you ever tip off your bucktail jigs or or like your crocodiles or any of the spoons with a, a little extra something, and, and that increases your, uh, your chances of uh, getting picked up? Uh, we have sometimes, but, you know, the way these fish are right now, it's almost like you don't need to. Uh, it's just another, another step that's because it's so fast. I mean, unless you've got it already stripped and already on, what we're doing, we're just running and gunning so quickly that, you know, don't have time to stop and, cut up chub and put it on there and we're just moving and right. so it's it's just it's really fun it's a whole different way of fishing all right well captain james if uh people want to find out what your schedule is to schedule a trip with you i'm looking forward to going out with you i've got some friends coming from out of town we're going to go out on well actually be next sunday just before the show so we might have a little bit to talk about how's the best way to get a hold of you well, you can always reach me online at thefishicon.com or give me a call at 619-395-0799. All right. Captain James, wish you a good week. I know you're you're booked up. It sounds like even though, you know, school's back in, you're still getting the families out there, or even some of the families that have, you know, older brothers and sisters, you find that they, they still like to go out and fish, and you're, uh, you're ready there to cater to them. Absolutely, and this is the best time because, again, like we said, the weather conditions are just getting wonderful. It's really summer now in San Diego, <laughs> and this is the time to go. All right. Thanks a lot, Captain Jim. All right. Thank you, John. Always a pleasure. All right. And, Wendy, uh, quickly, uh, uh, you had a correction to make that we were talking about uh, limits. What did you, you come up with? Oh, yeah. Um, the U.S. limit for Dorado is 10, not 2. Mexico limit is 2. Is two, yeah. All right. Well, hey, appreciate that. So, right now, it looks like uh, limits, if we're not uh, mistaken, two bluefin 
Is it five yellowfin and then ten dorado, Is and that's per day? Yes. All right. Hey, listen, we want to thank you for listening tonight. We know you have a lot of alternatives, but it's great to be somewhere where it's cool, have your favorite beverage. Put your feet up. We're going to take a break right now. There's still a lot more Rod and Reel Radio to come up. Coming up next is the Sea Samurai himself, Kevin Nakata. Stay tuned. Wendy and I will be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. My Angler H2O. I will never use that fakey fluorescent pink bait or drag my hula popper through the mud. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed stumps, rocks, and submerged station wagons and outsmart the ravenous river otter. I will save water by taking shorter showers for higher lakes, and I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. And Southern California, we do want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Hey, before we get to our next guest, the men and women of El Cajon Ford want to thank you for making this Labor Day weekend 
the most successful weekend they have had in their history when it came to selling cars. It's you, the listeners, and the continuing customers for Elko and Ford that made it that way. And how did it turn out that they had a record uh, Labor Day? It was the selection of cards, the service you always get from El Cajon Ford, and the terms that they were offering during that period. But you know what? Their inventory is always good. The people are always fantastic, and the terms are always the best you can get anywhere in the car industry. So if you're looking for a new vehicle, don't let any more time get behind you. Try El Cajon Ford. They're at the corner of Broadway and Main, and El Cajon Ford... 7-9-8-8-8-8. Talk to one of the people there or go to elconeford.com and see what their selection is of new and used vehicles. Hey, now it's time for Wendy and I to introduce our next guest. He is probably the premier kayak saltwater fisherman here in San Diego, maybe on the West Coast. He calls himself the Sea Samurai. We like to call him Kevin Nakata. We've invited him to come on the show with us tonight. Kevin, welcome to Rod Real Radio. Hey, John. Hey, Wendy. How are you doing? We are doing, doing great. We are doing great, sir. Hey, you know, I I always appreciate having you here in the studio. I, I missed your pokey. I don't think I've had pokey that good since Wendy brought some on over for us, too. But we're glad you can spend some time with us this evening. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, I'm sure there's a ton to talk about. You know, as this is one of the most amazing seasons I've even ever heard of. What a year. Well, it, let, let's do. Let, let's talk about it, and, and let's talk about where you're fishing from and how you're going about approaching these fishing grounds when it comes to your gear and and the the baits that are used that are working right now. Uh, well, right now it's so interesting because we have options. Literally everything that we've gone through and have gone for in the past is happening now. We have yellowtail, we have sea bass, we have halibut, um, and the the what real kicker this year is that we have the offshore the ability to go offshore and go after tuna and dorado and whatever else is out there somewhere right now. It's just it's so many options. You know, where do you go? What do you start with? And so. Lately, I've been trying to make the move to go offshore more. It's a great fishing we have within literally three miles or less of of launching from La Jolla shores. There's tuna. There's chance of catching Dorado. Yellowtail are everywhere. It's just silly. And uh, you just got to pick something and go for it. But if you're into the offshore game or if you want to try something super unique, that will probably happen very few times in my in our lifetimes. Who knows? Um, and the offshore stuff is really, really something. Well, you know, I just saw a post on Facebook, and the Maximus just got an 80-pound Wahoo. And, you know, with the water temperatures the way they are, anywhere from 71 to 80 degrees, you know, you could possibly get a get a Wahoo out of your kayak. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> if that happens, I don't know what... what What's that? And if and if you get out there and do it, you would be the first. Yeah, well, on this side of the coast for sure. But yeah, um, on this side, but man, wow! I mean, it, it, and it's legitimate this year. It could happen anytime. Um, I was out there, like you just said, seventy-one to eighty degrees. We're in eighty-one in La Jolla right now. 
Oh, my gosh. Wow. Hey, well, <laughs> Kevin, let, let's so, first of all talk about the elephant in the room. There have been a lot of reports of sharks out there. Obviously, I know that in probably in past seasons, you'll see an occasional, uh, you know, great white. Maybe you'll see a blue shark. There's a lot of reports of, of big hammerheads out here. Tell us what you've been seeing out there. Uh, yesterday, we saw um, three hammerheads, but we went offshore, too, so um, we have a little bit more of an excuse for seeing so many. Uh, there's, there's hammerheads out there, definitely. I don't know, because I'm not as experienced and as long-lived as most other anglers who have seen El Nino's, but all I know is that there's sharks every time that we go out. And you sure. know what? To be honest with you, John... They're not life-threatening. I have yet to see one even bite a boat, bite our boats. Um, they're there to bite bait. They're there to bite tuna. They're there to bite yellowtail, whatever else on the airline that swims. They're there to eat it, not us. So that's, that's kind of my thing. I don't really, I'm not really scared. Not many kayak anglers are right now. Just something that we're dealing with. And, um, yeah, I mean, that, that, there's different cases, obviously, where, Sharks have attacked in the past and whatever, but this is definitely one of the rare occasions that if you've heard of someone getting attacked, it's probably out of stupidity or something just went very wrong. Well, when you say you're fishing offshore, just exactly how far off are you? Uh, we were seven miles off of Del Mar yesterday. Okay, so you're are you launching at La Jolla and going all the way to Del Mar and going back? Yeah, so it's probably about a 23-mile round trip um, just to get in and out of there and get bait and, you know, the usual. But um, the the fishing is actually really close. It's a lot closer than that. You can catch bluefin in <laughs> the same spot that you're we've been catching yellowtail for, yellowtail for years. It's just one of those things that if it occurs, you're very lucky, very fortunate, but it's not uncommon right now, to be honest. So. Kevin? With, like, with, you know, right off the, when you fish off of, uh, uh, when you launch right off La Jolla, you've got, you're in close proximity to the La Jolla Canyon. Do you think because of the fact that there might be cooler water in there or that access to deeper water, you're saying you might catch yellowfin? It, is that structure there maybe helping you as opposed to, uh, you know, fishing off uh, some other part of the coast where it, it stays relatively shallow for a long time? Yeah, places like La Jolla, I would I would say Oceanside, Dana Point, all those spots where there's that huge drop-off into deep water are all killer zones for tuna. Um, and they're so close for access to kayak anglers to get into some legitimate possibilities of getting yellowfin and bluefin and whatever else is out there. Um, La Jolla has always been such an interesting place, and that deep water canyon spot you're talking about, I think it, it for sure it helps bring up food in general and and easy access for, for currents to come through, funneling more plankton up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's also a place where there's squid that are so deep and they come up at night that tuna possibly are eating those. Some other stuff's probably eating that too, but it's, there's so much going on all the time in La Jolla. It's like, why why would the fish leave, you know? You know, the, when the... Uh... The big tuna were really uh, biting when we were hearing about them, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. 
guys were actually going out there and targeting those fish as opposed to them to being an incidental catch. If you're going out looking for bluefin, are, are you specifically targeting them with a certain bait or technique? Or right now, are, are you just interested in going out there and, and sending your bait out there and whatever comes along, you'll, you'll appreciate catching? Right. It's so funny you ask that because so many people have asked that lately, like, how are you going after tuna? And, and, I have, and honestly, I've only got one bluefin this year, so I'm not an expert. And no one in the kayak fishing locally is because it's such a new thing. How can anyone know from past experiences or even present how to target these things? We're dealing with such a selective amount of bait and what type to, we can't, you know, sometimes you can catch squid at night right now. It's very, very hard to do, just not mass like we have, they have up north. But um, we're, select, we're pretty much set to having only mackerel in our live bait tanks, only having Spanish mac possibly. Um, no sardines are around, so we can't catch those. So basically we're only fishing mackerel and just hoping to God that <laughs> at one point you cross over a tuna or something else and you're lucky enough to have that thing see your bait and eat it. Um, it's, it really is just the luck of the draw. I don't think anyone in the kayak fishing community can vouch that they understand these things and, and target them. So really, my, my thing is I'm looking for patties. I'm looking for a, fly, a, a blind strike. We saw jumpers yesterday in La Jolla. There was plenty of yelp and tuna around. Wow. They just weren't eating. So it's just it really is just one of those things where if you get lucky, just really really enjoy that experience because <laughs> well, it probably won't ever happen again. Well, you know, and I know. Let me just get back to the shark issue. The I think it was the lifeguard service that uh, set out a notice for the kayakers, and there were some things that they wanted you to watch out for and to do and don't and everything like that. Uh, can you kind of go over those a little bit so maybe some of the folks that haven't gotten the word just know exactly what that's all about? Yeah, so this last week, uh, actually a week and a half ago, lifeguards met up with myself, a couple of people at Fastlane. Um, it was the, uh, not the chief, I think it was the chief, actually, of the lifeguard department of La Jolla, and he came by and he said, hey, how can we avoid any more contact between hammerheads and swimmers in La Jolla um, because a lot of people proposing that you guys are at fault because of fish being brought to shore. And I guess they're, you know, definitely they have a, a reason to assume so, but it's also very, very rare that this ever happens in general. So as a community, together, we've banded together to bring, um, to really exclude ourselves from being put in any blame, and we don't want any more fault on us. So we, we're, we're taking measures to avoid so. Um, right now what we're doing is we're taking all our fish we're catching, and we're either putting it inside of a kill bag or putting it inside of our hull. We're bleeding our fish, gutting our fish, taking all our bait out of our kayaks prior to getting too short. And we've, we're scrubbing down our boats. We're doing everything we can to make sure that there's no excuses for us to have to bring in a hammerhead shark to La Jolla. Um, but it is something that is possibly for this year be, kind of remain something that just is there 
you can change a hammerhead shark's uh, you know, feeding behavior if it decides to swim towards La Jolla. Who are you going to set the blame on? Is it the shark or is it kayak anglers? And really, it's just, it's just the shark's natural behavior to do so. But we're taking the extra mile, doing extra, doing our part to make sure that as kayak anglers, we're taking responsibility for what we do and making sure that we're taking care of ourselves and the community by taking the extra measure, taking the extra mile um, to make sure our fish is not, and our fishing is not to blame. Well, then, Kevin, what are the incidences that you talk about talking to the kayak community of fishermen that have their catch interrupted by a shark as opposed to the number of times the kayak fishermen have, the, have their uh, their catch interrupted, let's say, by a sea lion? Man, <laughs> no contest. Sea lions are going to, I mean, they're just so... Um, they're so vicious. They're, it's insane what they've become in the last two years alone just because of the volume of anglers that are out there fishing La Jolla nowadays. They're ferocious. They're, uh, and we explain this to lifeguards and trying to get this out to the public, too, that these, the sea lions right now have become so comfortable with humans and interacting on a daily basis with anglers in particular that they just don't care anymore. They have no fear, um, and we're seeing more and more, uh, uh, you know, intimidation by them. They're really getting aggressive, and uh, they're pulling fish literally from anglers' hands, either releasing fish, bleeding fish, whatever it is, inches away from their kayak, possibly even pulling them over at times. We've had some instances this year. It's just getting out of hand, and there's really nothing we can do. Plus, it's there, they're, they've been there a while, too, so it's not like we can just chase them out or anything. But uh, preventive measures should be taken, too, for those, for, for any animal, essentially, in La Jolla. Yeah, but, we, um, we just want to tell people, too, especially, uh, let's say, you're going around the Shelter Island launch ramp, that these are not the same creatures that you see at SeaWorld or any of the aquariums. These are wild creatures. They're looking for something to eat. They almost have an insatiable appetite. And especially at a place like the Shelter Island Launch Ramp, I've personally witnessed people, young kids, that will sit there and hand feed the uh, big sea lions uh, over there. And we unfortunately had an incident this, uh, this year where a young lady was doing that and the sea lion came up uh, too far, raked her hand, and the next thing uh, you knew, she was having a trip to the hospital. So... These are wild creatures, and you've got to treat them as so. So have respect for them. Hey, Kevin, we got to take a break right now. Can we ask you to stay on for another segment? Absolutely. All right. Hey, this is Rod and Real Radio. We are with the Sea Samurai, Kevin Nakata. We're talking about some of the real exceptional fishing that uh, Kevin has seen this year and a lot of the kayakers out there off our local shorelines. Wendy Toshihara is with me tonight. Stay tuned. There's more Rod Real Radio to come after these messages.
Gabakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gabakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gabakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gabakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gabakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Captain Chris Rando from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those who are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six ton spray ride fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook. Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Hey, this is Hop Along, and I just heard about a great new product for you boat owners and kayakers that eliminates the need for flares. That's right, never buy flares again. It's called a Sirius Signal Light. This is an SOS light that meets the Coast Guard requirements for night visual distress signals, and when combined with an emergency flag, meets all your needs for emergency signals. This high-intensity light shines over six hours and is, is visible for up to 10 miles. The Sirius signal light features a simple on-off switch, and it even floats in the signaling position. Now, you're really going to like this. When you have to replace the three C-cell batteries it uses, they are a heck of a lot easier to dispose of 
than flares. So never buy flares again. Find the Sirius Signal light at SiriusSignal.com or contact Robert Simons, Vice President of Sales at 619-743-3095. Wendy Toshahar and I, we do want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. And we have the Sea Samurai himself, professional kayak fisherman and guide, Mr. Kevin Nakata. Kevin, again, welcome to the show. And, man, congratulations on just the fantastic fishing year you personally have been having. Yeah, it's just been nonstop. That's the only word that we have to explain what's going on. Well, Kevin, let's talk a little bit about the guide service now because you offer fishermen the opportunity that maybe eh, they're not familiar with, you know, beach launching or how to go about fishing out here. You're, uh, you offer a, a service to a lot of these people to really get them involved with fishing offshore. Tell us a little bit about it. Okay. Hey, Kevin, are you back with us again? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you just fine. Sorry we lost you for a minute. I don't know if no you heard the, Did you hear the question that I had asked you? No, uh, yeah, about uh, Sea Samurai and what we do. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit about what you do, please. Um, yeah, so we've been doing... I've been doing kayak fishing guiding for four years, um, and basically it's a, it's a... We do everything. We have everything. We, you don't need to bring anything. It's, uh, we do charters for everyone, including beginners, first-time anglers, first-time kayak anglers, first-time anyone, um, and experienced kayak fishermen as well. And we do everything. We, sh- we show you how to catch bait. We show you how we're catching fish, explain details on the water, um, and in general, just having a great time out there, whether it's catching fish, which most of the time it is. And we're going to do our best, obviously, to get you on fish too. But um, we also teach the, the, the ins and outs of doing kayak fishing on a daily basis. Well, I guess probably one of the most important things is, for the most part out here, you're talking about shore launching a kayak, and there has to be some techniques that you have to follow to make sure that you have not only a successful but relatively dry trip, not only for yourself but all your gear. Right. Absolutely. There's so much that goes into kayak fishing that I most of the time I just do on everyday, you know, everyday fishing. But I don't even, it sometimes it's hard to project what we do and how we're doing it. So best way, obviously, is to come out with us and we'll show you. Um, you know, it's, it's a great time. It's essentially free after you purchase a kayak. And what better way to get on the water as much as possible than doing that? Um, and, all the, and, and the fishing is phenomenal. I mean, how can you, how can you not want to go out on a thirteen to fourteen foot kayak or smaller sometimes and pull on a thirty pound yellowtail? I mean, that's that is the rush. It is, it is in, in, in my opinion, the peak of sport fishing. Putting yourself in a very, a very uh, fun benefit or uh, in, in, in not in the advantage, not the advantage you're really at the disadvantage in having the fish show you how strong they are and how, uh, you know, how 
much of a pain they can be to catch sometimes. That's really the pinnacle, in my opinion, of sport fishing. But we do everything. We have kayaks. We have um, rods and reels. And uh, we'll show you, like I said, everything that we do. You know, Kevin, uh, it's it's just always amazing to me that you can go out and, you know, most of us have grown out on private boats and sport boats. And we think of kayaks. We think of one of these kind of orange canoe type of things that someone's running the white water in and how the actual kayak has evolved. Tell us a little bit about the, the kayak that you're using and the kayaks that you provide for your clients to make it really uh, uh, a safe and enjoyable trip. We're using Hobies, and a Hobie um, has come, the same company that had the Hobie Cat that invented the Hobie Cat. Hobie Cat Company has created a, a, a product of um, specific kayak and kayak fishing kayaks that are hands-free and don't need a paddle. So all you're doing is you're pushing one pedal forward at a time, like a Stairmaster almost, and you're propelling yourself forward so you can fish with your hands, take pictures, whatever you need to do, and you're not paddling so you're not tired at the end of the day. With me, maybe just a little bit, depending on how far we go. But um, it's a lot easier than paddling, and uh, it's way more effective, in my own personal opinion, to catch fish. So we provide Hobies. Uh, we have different models available, Hobie Pro Anglers and Hobie Outbacks and other kayaks as well. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're amazing. They, we could never do what we do nowadays have it, had it not been for the Mirage Drive, which is the pedal system that Hobie had, had designed for kayaks. Well, the last time I was aboard something that looked like a kayak, it was a shell, and we had a coxswain aboard. How, how do you wind up, you know, Determining which direction to go in one of these uh, uh, kayaks. Uh, you mean like how to steer? Yeah. <laughs> so there's a rudder on the back of each one of these kayaks okay. that you steer steer with a steering handle that's pretty much right there in your seating position. So you don't have to reach or, or turn, you know, the actual rudder itself in order to maneuver it. All you're doing is you're turning with a like basically a. Um, it looks like an oven knob. You steer it right and left, and that and right turns right and left turns left. It's that simple and that easy. Now, tell us a little bit about you know in your situation where uh, you're a lot more proficient than the, the average kayak guy. What what do you bring in with regards to gear when it comes to rods and reels? Um, where to start? <laughs> uh, <laughs> a we um, use seeker rods, and the seeker rod that I use on a daily basis is the Beacon, which I had a tremendous hand in designing, and it's a great kayak fish rod, specifically meant for kayak and small craft. And we're going out there using those rods. They come in several different models. They're pretty much everything that you'll need for La Jolla. And um, we use Dialus Altigas on that, so we're going with pretty much Primo gear, it's, it's a nice experience to be able to pull on a fish with a crisp, clean, functioning reel and a rod. And then so the, the details come in basically the terminal tackle. We're using um, braided line. And as most people on a show, you're probably listening to the show, know that braid, certain braids cut through kelp like a hot knife through butter. 
And where we're fishing in a kayak is we're fishing sometimes right on top of the kelp, and we need to cut through the, the kelp in order to get our fish out of, out of there, out of the bush. And um, we'll use that straight up with just maybe a six-foot liter of 30-pound or 40-pound fluorocarbon and a two-odd ring gamakatsu hook, and that's, that's everything that you'll need to do for this summer especially. Um, in the wintertime, it comes a different story. We're using a lot of yo-yo, yo-yo irons, and we're using a lot of vertical-style fishing, dropper loops, et cetera, um, which hopefully this winter will be amazing. I'm kind of scared, though, to be honest, because if, uh, if it's anything like what's happened in the past, what I've heard with other El Ninos, the weather's kind of bad, isn't it, John? Uh, that the the weather's going to be bad for the, uh, like, for the El Nino? Yeah, I heard that the winters are usually are typically really nasty. They have a lot of storms and giant swells coming through, et cetera. You know, that, it, just, that it just depends on the direction that the uh, the storms are coming from. For instance, we've had Linda off of our coast here for the past few days, and we thought we were going to get giant surges. And telling me, you, you've probably been out there or talked to people out there. How have the commission conditions been for the past few days? Flat. Calm. Yeah. <laughs> flat yeah. as flat could be. You know, so you just don't know. Yeah, you're going to get uh, the chances of getting a lot of, of wind, and it, it might come through gently and just, uh, you know, rain all day, or, or it could come through like a lion. So it's just a matter of, of uh, on any given day, it's kind of like the fishing. So, you know, you know, one thing I want to ask you is you've taken, you know, in your, your time as a guide, so many customers out. Is there one instance in particular where you took a customer out maybe for the first time or one of their first times and they had an experience that you would like to relate to us that just kind of locked in the deal for them? Yeah, I actually have one this year, but it it has to top anything that we've that I've ever seen before. And from just guiding alone, there's personal experiences that might top this. But we were out. I had a client come from New York who has been kayak fishing vigorously for the last mm, uh, probably half a year, and he's had just insane fishing. He's done sailfish in Florida. He's done um, some New York fishing. It's where he hails from. So he came out west to see what the fishing like is like out here. With probably the least, the least high, the, the the smallest expectations coming out here and seeing pretty much nothing from the other the coast. You know, as far as kayak fishing goes. And I explained to him on the phone like it's right now. It's pretty epic. You have to come out. And you check it out. And so he came. We went out. And he was pretty scared, you know, because he doesn't know what sharks are like out here. He doesn't know what sea lions are like, and there's just a bunch of things going on in his head. And after a while, he calmed down. But we started fishing, and it was one of those days where Yellowtail, you could not keep him off the baits. We, in probably a span of two hours to three hours, we were, we he was tired of pulling on Yellowtail, so we... <laughs> And it is only a half-day reservation. <laughs> this was a six-hour day. Wow. So we we had four hooked up by the, the or sorry, three by, I think, 1 o'clock or something like that. And they were all giants. They were 30, 25-pound class fish. And um, I asked them, I said, do you want to try something different? You know, because I'd want to give them the option of, if you enjoyed Yellowtail, why stop a good thing? So 
he's like, yeah, you know, I would like to try something different. I had, I had one bait left in my tank, and I decided that we should go try for sea bass. So we went in the kelp, dropped our first bait down, and literally within 30 seconds after I explained to him what it's going to feel like, he had a sea bass on. The next 30 seconds, it was at the gas. And it was on the boat. We cleaned it up, took some pictures, video, et cetera. He had no idea what he had just done. He had no idea how special that fish was. And you could just see his smile, and it was kind of like fake. He just was like, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 30, 40, 30 to 40 pound sea bass. And he's just like, is that it? Is, is that it? I'm like, yeah, that's it is when it was only one, so we didn't want to go after another. Oh man! <laughs> hey, Kevin, I know so, you can't. I know you can't guarantee trips like that all the time, but I know you've had a lot of epic trip, trips, and you've exposed a lot of people to the wonders of offshore kayak fishing. If anybody wants to get a hold of you, how's the best way to do it? To to book a trip or to you know follow what it is that you're doing. Yeah, you can go online. There's several different ways to get in contact with myself. Um, I'm also bringing another guide on, too, and he will be starting to... He's already taking clients out. He's very good. And so if you want to go on a weekday, we can also accommodate those reservations. But you can find us online at csamurai.com. That's S-E-A-S-A-M-U-R-A-I.com. And uh, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all social media outlets. Um, we have a lot of fun with those. If you come check them out, like us on Instagram or on Facebook. Uh, also subscribe to YouTube. We're doing some more videos. And, um, yeah, enjoy. come out and enjoy some real, real primitive-style fishing. It's something else to see. Well, Kevin, it's always a pleasure having you aboard. Thank you for relaying some of the stories to us and informing us more about offshore kayak fishing. I look forward to seeing you on the water and, and maybe even getting a chance to go out with you here in the not-too-distant future. Oh, I have to take you up on that. And, Wendy, I'm coming after you with the Opa on the kayak. I'm going to try to do it. <laughs> Good luck. I hope you get one. All right. No, I need to. Kevin Akata, the Sea Samurai. Kevin, thanks a lot for being with us on the Sunday night. All right. Hey, Wendy and I, we've got to take off for a little bit right now. We've got a little overtime. You're listening to Ron Real Radio on AM540. Coming up next, Ray Summers from the Vendetta. He's gonna call. He's gonna call in, and I think he's gonna have some stories about the epic season he's been having aboard the Vendetta. Stay tuned. Still more Ron Real Radio to come. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, 
your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. My angler aged to earth. Like the mighty flounder, I will keep one eye on the pole and the other watching for rogue waves. I'll save water by taking shorter showers and enthusiastically celebrate talk like a pirate day. Aye! I will chat up the locals before launching in unfamiliar waters. And I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. It's tuna time, and it's time to reserve your spot on one of the newest boats in the fleet, the 70-foot Sea Adventure 2 at H&M Landing in San Diego. It has a really comfortable galley that seats up to 24 passengers with all the comforts of home, including two big satellite flat-screen TVs and satellite phone. The huge new bait tank and slammer ensure plenty of bait for everyone, and two four-ton refrigerated fish holds, both RSW and blast-free, have plenty of room to keep your catch as fresh as the minute you caught it. Reserve your spot on the Sea Adventure or two online at hmlanding.com or call H&M Landing at 619-222-1144. And Southern California, welcome back to Rod Real Radio. Wendy Toshihara and I welcome you back. Hope you're having a great week of fishing. Hey, I, I'm really excited to have our next guest on because this fella has brought the word party back to sports fishing here in San Diego. He is Captain Ray Summers. He's owner-operator of Vendetta Sports Fishing. Ray, welcome and congratulations on what has appeared to be a fantastic season for you. Uh, yes, it's the season that doesn't quit. It's been great. <laughs> the last few years. Let's keep it going. Well, you know, it seems like the Vendetta is the boat that doesn't quit because I've got to tell you, I follow you on Facebook and in other places, and I, I I am always amazed. One of the other skippers I know says, "I don't know what it is about that Ray Summers guy. He's he's got something in him. He always finds fish. What is it, Ray? What's what's the magic?" <laughs> I don't know. There's no magic. Maybe it's the passion. Maybe the passion. It's it's passion. It's passion. <laughs> Definitely. Well, you know. Uh, I, I, I've asked you to be out on the radio show with us a couple of times here in the past few months, and with the season you're having, you never know when you're going to be getting in, but you, you gave me a call a little bit earlier today, and you said, John, we are limited out. I think I could be on the show today. I'm going to be in early. Tell us a little bit about just the fishing that you've had, not only this day, but this week. Um, it's been great this week. Well, on the offshore it's been kind of spotty the last four days. That's why we've been doing some island trips. And the island's been pretty good on the yellowtail with the yo-yo jigs and the service irons. That's been pretty good with the big bonita, the six- to nine-pound bonita mixed in, plenty of those. And today, my group didn't have passports, so we had to go offshore. And unfortunately, it picked up back out there again. New kelps are coming through, new batches of fish. 
uh, Nick's Dorado and Yellowfin Tuna and Skipjack. It was good. It was a one-stop shop. We had 10 guys today, and we finished up pretty fast. It was, again, looking on the good side for what it was the last four days when it kind of looks kind of spotty. Some boats are doing good. Some boats were missing or getting just a few. It, it looks good again here. Hopefully well, another bunch of fish has moved in. In this last spot that you went out, what type of a trip was it that they were on? And, and uh, you don't have to tell me where, but what kind of distance did you travel to get to these fish? Well, enough um, going far at all. About, I would say, maybe 22, 25 miles. Um, we're, we are fishing Mexican waters, and we're pretty much outside the islands, you know, and on our safe distance, we have to be. We have to be 12 miles out. So. Yes. And we're out there. You find some kelps. Some are holding, and some aren't. Now, the, the fish that you're getting, uh, are you metering them up and starting to fish on them, or are you, uh, uh, you know, setting out your trolling rigs and you catch them on the troll and then stop and away you go? We troll in between while we're looking for kelp, but when we get in near a kelp, we pick up a school. You know, if that kelp's holding, we'll usually get a school on the sonar, pull up to it and, you know, fish it. And the trolling hasn't been too great for us. It's been kelps. You find a kelp. It could be holding, and that's, that's your ticket. Some can be empty. So, Well, I know you guys have been running the Everingham Brothers uh, ragged over there with their supply bait. Wendy and I were talking a little bit earlier with this is the year of uh, learning to uh, or relearning to use fishing an- the anchovy. Tell us what your experience has been. Well, you never know what you're going to get. Some days anchovy, some days straight mackerel. Um, today was straight sardines. You know, the last couple of days when we were fishing eyes, we had straight anchovies. So you never know what you're going to get. But I know they've been working their butt off on trying to do what they got to do, and they're doing a good job. So today we had sardines, and we thought it was going to be just a Dorado day. We weren't going to catch any tuna because the sardines were a little bit big, but the water was brown. It was just mixed with Dorado and tuna and skipjack. They had no problem gobbling up those sardines. It was good. Good day. All right. Hey, but when you do get anchovies, uh, what uh, what is your suggestion for uh, uh, the passengers to do? Uh, I would probably, if the anchovies are pretty lively, I would just fly line and put a size 2. Size 2 hook, size 4, that's fine. Maybe lighter line, 20-pound test. Uh, most of the tuna that we're catching are, you know, mixed sizes, anywhere from 5 pounds to maybe 10 pounds. You know, so 20 pounds is fine. If the uh, anchovies are a little bit weak, probably I suggest a little quarter ounce egg sinker or half ounce egg sinker. Not half ounce, quarter ounce. Probably wow. be best than that. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about the Vendetta because uh, a lot of people may not be familiar with the boat. And uh, uh, obviously, man, you have taken that boat and turned it around into one heck of a fish catching machine. Oh, uh, thanks. Uh, it's a smaller vessel, 40 foot. I, I specialize in just charters, um, smaller groups. I, you know, the boat can carry 19 people. I, I do not cram it to 19. I just limit it to 12. Anywhere up to 12 people, it's still very comfortable. There's seating for 12 people on the boat. Um, it's just a fishy boat. I love the boat. I love it. It's been doing great. And the, the type of trips you offer, uh, are you doing like three-quarter day, half days? How long of a trip can you... Uh, uh, can you take uh, a charter on, Ray? I, I could do overnight, but if I did overnight, I had to drop my passion load down to uh, nine people. So I'd rather just do the three-quarter day. There's no re- reason to uh, do the overnight because the fish have been so close. So three-quarter days, I'll leave early in the morning, you know, 4.30, off the dock, 
the plenty of time. Usually, you know, the first three-quarter boat to be out there. I'm not the fastest boat. That's why I choose the lever of this. Um, what else was it that you mentioned? Well, you know, you've had, uh, you know, just today, great day of fishing. But, you know, in recent memory, was there a day that kind of stood out uh, in the past few months that was just epic? One of those things that is just etched in your memory? Shoot, there's, there's, there's been there's been quite a bit this year that's been one-stop shops, you know. I, I can't even count how many there has been. Man, that's great. For Then for people that are going out for you then right now, what do you suggest the type of gear and tackle and rods and all that stuff that they bring with them? What what can you accommodate on the boat? What I know is to be working the best is obviously the light bait, if the light bait's in, you know, good shape. Uh, fat balls, uh, poke snipers, poppers, those things that all seem working really well. And uh, uh, for the rods, uh, uh, you tell you know how are you telling people to uh, rig up on the rods and reels? Anywhere from twenty pound test to forty on there. Have some fluorocarbon just in case the fish are finicky. Um, a lot of times they're really not. So just either a fly line. If the fish are down deep, I tell them to put on the cold snipers, the flat falls. But lately, it's, they've been kind of reacting to the chum pretty good and coming to the corner where you're just, you can see them right in the water there, just zooming around. And, and tell us, you know, uh, you happen to mention passports, not passports, fishing in Mexican water. Uh, tell us in general what the rule is where you can and cannot fish and how that affects where you go. So I give my passengers a choice to either fish the islands or offshore. Uh, there's, there's difference in the price, but if the group has passports and, and the offshore fishing is not that great, then they have the option to fish the islands. So it's, it's either or for what they prefer. Whatever's the best is where I'll go, but they have to have the right paperwork for it. So, And you're, you're you know, on the vendetta there, you're always ready with the you know, the right paperwork for your passengers, all they have to do is they themselves have to bring the right documentation for you to go one way or the other. Yeah, everybody has to have the right documentation, which then I give to the office, and they go on the computer and they do their, their job and getting the visas put out for the boat and the Mexican licenses, which get handed back down to me so we can take off. You know, with this really tremendous bite that we've been seeing in U.S. waters or 12 miles away from any of uh, uh, the Mexican landfalls. Have you noticed, has the fishing at the islands, has it gotten better? Is it about the same? Uh, what, how are you finding the fishing there? At the islands itself? Mixed state of fish. Mixed great. We've been fishing from all the way down to the rock pile to the islands itself. We still have the sea lions there, of course. Um, there really hasn't been not that many boats fishing there. and They didn't fish that offshore, you know, unless they can get a group. You know, it, was it better to have a, a lot of boats there? Do they mix up the fish a lot? Or, you know, if you're the uh, lone ranger out there, do you feel like you stand a better chance of uh, uh, catching fish and maybe staying away from a few of the sea lions? I think it's better to have more boats out there. That way you can either scatter out the sea lions or you can kind of just pinpoint where the volume of fish is at instead of you going to spot to spot, being the only boat, and have to cover all the grounds to find out where the volume of fish is. So having more boats out there is definitely better, I believe. Yeah, but, you know, really one of the things we want to emphasize, too, a lot of people maybe don't have uh, 
their passports or a passport card that don't give up on coming on down here to go fishing because there is still some epic fishing in places where you can go where you don't need that uh, documentation. 100%. All up and down the coastline, even up north. You guys are still catching tuna. Even on these kelps, you're starting to see a lot more of the, you know, yellowtail coming on these kelps too now. They're small, smaller ones, but just seeing new, new batches of fish, it seems like, every time coming up the line. Wow. You know, Kevin Nakata, we had him. He was a kayak fisherman that was on before us. He said, what effect is this El Nino weather going to have on the fishing here? You, you have any prognosis? What do you think? I think it's it's going to last a, a little bit here. We, you know, I, I still think we're going to have prime fishing here in the month of October. It might start a little bit in November. I think our islands are going to be good like they have been with that uh, bigger grade yellowtail through the winter. I think they'll come around and be good yo-yo fishing. January, February, just like we did last year. Yeah, probably, uh, don't forget to bring your rain gear because there could be a good chance we're going to have a lot more opportunity to be fishing in the rain. I think it's coming. Hey, uh, <laughs> Captain uh, Ray Summers from the Vedetta. Captain Ray, want to get a hold of you, find out more about the boat, book a trip, find out what the rates are, when your availability is, how's the best way to do it? You can call H&M Landing directly or you can get a hold of me and my phone number is 619 985-3563. All right. And wanted to let you know that Ray, he is known, world famous for his pulled pork sandwiches. And if you book with him to go for nothing else but that, it's a reason to go. <laughs> I guess you could say that. Okay. Hey, Captain Ray, thanks a lot for being with us on Ron Real Radio. Continued great fishing for you. And we look forward to speaking to you again in the not-too-distant future. Okay, thanks for the call, John. All right. Ray Summers from Vendetta Sports Fishing out of H&M Landing. Well, Wendy, you're going to be leaving on a trip here, and uh, will you be back uh, in time for next uh, week's show? I will. We come back Saturday night. Oh, that's great. And uh, you're going to be going on the legend, right, with uh, Chuck Taft. Yep, he'll be driving the boat. Oh, great. And, you know, right after uh, the show, we're going to jump aboard the Sea Adventure 2. Go on out there, and we're going to fish. I don't know if Chuck is going to be uh, the skipper again or uh, Pat Doherty's going to be, but we're looking forward to having a great week of fishing with uh, uh, Sea Adventure Sports Fishing. And I know also Stan is going out this week with Bobby Taft on the Top Gun 80. So, man, we're going to come back with some fishing stories, I think. Oh, well, it's going to be good, and I promise we'll save you some. Okay. <laughs> hey, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for tonight. We appreciate you taking the time out of your Sunday night to give us a look-see and see what's happening. We especially want to thank JR, our AM540 producer. Ben Harvey is our local producer here in San Diego. And always, always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McCune, who really launched the show. Thanks, guys. We appreciate this legacy we left. So, on behalf of Stan... Wendy and all the crew at Rod and Reel Radio, thanks for listening. Get out there and get them. They're getting away. Keep safe. We look forward to speaking to you again next Sunday night on AM 540 starting at 5.05 p.m. Or listen to us on rodandreelradio.com. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you on the water. We're out for now.